0: Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. Canadians trailing the Hurricanes 3-0. That's about five minutes into the third. Also early in the third. Predators up 3-2 on the Blue Jackets. After two periods, the Islanders, who are the Oilers' opponent on Saturday, the Islanders lead the Sabres 3-1. Also, the Panthers taking it to the Lightning tonight. After two periods, it is now 6-2 for the Panthers. They outscore the uh, Lightning 3-1 in both the first and second periods. Still to come this evening, it's going to be the Flames taking on Seattle. The Canucks visit the Kings, and the Flyers will take on the San Jose Sharks. So, uh, what, five uh, in the uh, three games to come, five Pacific Division teams in action. So, we had to keep a close eye on that. Oil Kings in Brandon. It's 1-1. That is about eight minutes into the second period as the Oil Kings uh, continue their bus trip here through Manitoba and Saskatchewan as they were out of the building as the World Juniors uh, had taken over Rogers Place, but determined uh, now cancelled, but the Oil Kings still on the road for a little bit here. Really appreciate you tuning in. Of course, you can get in touch. 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by Teed Professional Grade Building Materials. Follow me on Twitter at Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D W-I-L-K-I-N-S and the email if you are inclined to send one inside sports at 630 ched.com. So Oilers and Devils tomorrow. Back-to-back matinees coming up here for Edmonton. First of all, tomorrow, 9.30 face-off show, game at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and then New Year's Day, Saturday, 10.30 in the morning for the face-off show, and uh, they'll drop the puck at noon. That one is the Oilers and the Islanders. Mike Smith in net tomorrow, TBA after that. You would think probably Koskinen on Saturday, Darnell Nurse out of COVID protocol. Yesy Pulliarve out of COVID protocol. William Laguson out of COVID protocol and skating with the Orders today. I would expect obviously Pullyarve and Nurse to jump into the lineup and play. Dmitry Samarukov after having a tough goal last night and not playing very much. He has been Loaned back to the Bakersfield Condors, which uh, I think was going to happen anyway, regardless of how it went last night. But those are the updates uh, there for the Edmonton Oilers, who, uh, yeah, it's been a tough go for sure. I mean, they lost the six in a row, won a couple in a row, and uh, beaten last night in St. Louis again, 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 falling behind early in games now yes credit that uh, they responded dry got a quick goal they eventually tied it in the second period but as craig mctavish and i were discussing the blues but put them away pretty uh, pretty thoroughly over the final 25 minutes of the game. They got the lead with just over four minutes left in the second, got a power play goal 16 seconds into the third, and Edmonton maybe a couple of good chances. I guess Fogle had that hack at the puck at the open net. Tyson Berry had a decent shot, but really not a lot of pressure for the Oilers once they uh, were behind late in the second and early into the third. It's it's pretty confounding how they continue to fall behind, and uh, we've we've talked about it a lot, uh, Rob and I have talked about it a lot. It's, uh, I mean, it just is at the point where it's like, well, what's it going to be tonight? You know, is it going to be a, a bad goal given up by an Oilers goalie in the first five or 10 minutes? Is it going to be uh, a game in which the Oilers are playing okay, but they make a big mistake or two and it winds up in their net? Um, is it going to be just a game where they aren't playing well and they deservedly fall behind? Or is it going to be a game where maybe uh, they do play well and uh, they got a goaltender making great saves or you, like that game against the Leafs where Leon dry has an open net and fires it right through the crease. It's just, just a bunch of different things that keep biting the Oilers and they fall behind and they fall behind and they fall behind. And now we've seen a trend where it's like, they're, they're not just allowing the first goal of the game. They're allowing the first two goals of the game. I mean, what was it? Uh, two, nothing on that homestand over and over again, two, nothing, two, nothing now, on some occasions. Yeah, they tied it, but, but they still wound up losing uh, all those games until they finally beat the Columbus blue jackets. I I'm sure they're talking about it. I'm sure they're trying to address it, but just nothing seems to be working at this point. And I, I think last night against St. Louis, I, I, I didn't think they were playing terrible, but again, a couple of big mistakes. I mean, you have a gaff and you give up a two and then Samarukov gets gets styled at the blue line. And, that, that results in a St. Louis goal, and, and the orders are behind almost the entire night. Uh, I mean, they, they tied it, but it wasn't really tied for that long Two two and St. Louis wins, uh, wins that one. So uh, a problem that continues to plague the orders and one that they are still trying to address. Okay. We're going to call a quick timeout here. It's inside sports on six 30, Chad. <laughs> Thanks a lot for checking it out tonight. Ken Danico coming up between 7.30 and 8. Former rugged New Jersey Devils defenseman, now broadcaster with MSG Plus and the NHL Network. Always fun to have him on the show as we get you ready for the uh, Oilers and the Devils coming up tomorrow morning. For those of us here in Edmonton, the puck's going to drop at 11 a.m. and uh, the faceoff show will be at 9.30. The Edmonton Oilers in matinees. Uh, this has been much talked about over the years um, now they've been a little better lately uh, they've been a little better lately but generally they've been very poor in afternoon games um, I mean there was a point I'm just double checking here uh, like they had one year I think they went like two and eight in in matinees uh, and usually usually when they play a matinee it's on the road I, I mean there's from the time I've been doing it, and I've been watching the orders all my life, uh, you might have one, maybe two home matinees a year. When you're traveling, okay, some teams have matinees. You know, you might go into Washington, Philly, Boston. Um, I guess montreal they played a matinee or two on Super Bowl Sunday. Montreal always does those back-to-back, uh, those back-to-back uh, matinees on Super Bowl weekend. That's often a big tradition that they have, but. Yeah, generally, the Edmonton Oilers and afternoon games have not been very good. Better lately. I mean, better in back-to-backs, better lately in matinees. But, uh, I mean, remember they had that game a few years ago. They lost to the Islanders like 8-1, a matinee game. Just didn't do well at all. So, uh, we'll see what they're able to to do uh, tomorrow as they take on the New Jersey Devils, who uh, aren't having a great season themselves. The devils like the Oilers have not done well in their last 10 going two seven and one devils uh, second last in the Metro division ahead of just the New York Islanders. And uh, yes, thanks for reminding me, everybody. I did pick the New York Islanders to win the Stanley cup before the season. And they're now limping along with a record of eight, 12 and six. You know, it's, it, it's interesting watching the race in the Oilers division. And as we know, the top three gets in, uh, get in automatically. And then, maybe you can be a wildcard team right now. The Oilers are in the second and final wildcard spot. And I'm going to, I'm going to give the standings here by points percentage rather than points, because we've seen that now there's a big discrepancy in games played. I mean, often there might be a difference of one, two, maybe three games. When you look at games played around the NHL, it's a little wider now with all the, uh, the the COVID issues. So the Calgary Flames have played only 28 games. Edmonton's at 30. Vegas and Anaheim are all the way up at 33. So we'll sort it by points percentage. And uh, Calgary is first at 643. They also have the best goal differential in the, the division at plus 25. Vegas is now up there at 636. Anaheim sticking around. I didn't think they would be this good for this long. They're at 621. And then the Oilers are at exactly 600. Now, Here's here's something you got to remember the, the Vancouver Canucks are absolutely on fire and they're playing again tonight and they have won 7 in a row and they're 500 and they're still 4 points behind the Oilers and the Oilers have two games in hand and they are still if if you look at the uh, wild team on the other side that's Nashville they're 7 points behind Nashville and Nashville has one game in hand. So it, it just shows, and that's why they use that American Thanksgiving as a cutoff, that if you start in a hole, that generally history has shown that if you are in a playoff spot on American Thanksgiving in late November, that you're going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. You know, usually it's it's 13 or 14 of the 16 teams in a playoff spot at U.S. Thanksgiving that are also in at the end of the year. So there's there's a little bit of changing, but not a lot. And so that's the that's the uphill climb that the Canucks are facing here. So they have got back to 500 with a 7-game winning streak and they're still second last in the division. And most of the teams they're chasing have played fewer games. And and we talked about this with Matt Sakaris when they when they made the coaching and the GM change that they were probably a six game winning streak from being a six-game winning streak away from being in a postseason spot. And that and that's true. I mean the Oilers are six games over five hundred. And they're holding on to that last playoff spot. We'll see where it goes for the Oilers. I mean, if, obviously, if they drop down closer to 500, they're going to slip out. But the first team to pass the Oilers probably is not going to be Vancouver. It would probably be San Jose or Los Angeles. So that's that's the task that is facing the Vancouver Canucks and that makes it so difficult for a team that started poorly to get in. So the Oilers are six games over 500. The Canucks have won seven in a row. They're going to have to win another six in a row to get to where the Oilers are now. So that's again, if 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 you fall behind early, and, and you can look, the Oilers had a bit of a bad start in the uh, the year of the Canadian division. Fair enough, what they were three and six, they were five and seven, and then they started to put it together but that's not in as big a hole as the Canucks were this season. So, like, full marks to the Canucks, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go. And I thought that they could be, you know, maybe a playoff team at the start of the season. I think I had them as a wild card team. I had Vegas, uh, Edmonton, and Calgary as the top three in the Pacific, and I thought Vancouver could get in there to fourth. Maybe they still will, but they're going to have to play. Um, I mean, they got 50 games left, so they're probably going to have to go at least 10 games over 500. And hey, Edmonton's going to have to Edmonton's going to have to put it together as well, no doubt. I mean, this is a little concerning here going 2 and 7 in their uh last 9. Uh, but they got the leeway and yes, you can pick apart parts of their game and all that kind of stuff. Um but they're still benefiting from having that hot start as uh, they've been able to zor- absorb a few losses here and uh be able to hold on to fourth in the division but i, I think for the orders where are they going to go here well you want to see how mike smith plays i mean look they basically went 16 and 11 without their number one goaltender with koskinen and skinner carrying the load i don't think a lot of people would have been would have thought that those two guys could post a record that was over 500 if if smith was out for an extended period of time so now we got to see how smith plays the the big question is we get it all the time are they going to try to upgrade the goaltending? What's going to happen next year? Well, I'm not so sure about next year, but I know for this year, I think they want to see how Smith carries the ball until maybe they go looking for somebody around the deadline. You know, whether it's Mark Andre Fleury or or whoever they might want to pick up. I, I think that's going to be the uh, the initial approach here for the Edmonton Oilers. Play Smith, let him be the number one. You know, probably plays. Two out of of every three games, seven out of every ten games, and then we see where we go from there. Rob Brown, of course, uh, joins me on overtime open line, and he's also doing color commentary for a few games here with uh, Cam Moon. It's an honor for you to work with Cam Moon, the most positive man in hockey, Rob.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're right. He is the most positive man in hockey. He's just a nice person, easy to work with. and I grew up listening to him, so it's really nice to be able to meet a legend while he's still in his prime.
0: Uh, That's incredible.
1: Uh, Going into, we we talk a
0: lot about rinks that you played in. while you were a member of the National Hockey League. Now, this current Devils Arena uh, was not their arena when you played, um, but it has been a franchise that, um, you know, has won three Stanley Cups, has been pretty, pretty good, uh, but they've had some years, too, where they haven't been very good, and maybe a, a team uh like if here's the thing like we cover the oilers and we talk a lot about the other canadian teams and every game is life or death like you know if if montreal goes 0 and 82 they wouldn't be forgotten that would be talked about Again, i feel like <laughs> if the new jersey devils went 0 and 82 we just we just wouldn't really talk about them and they probably wouldn't even get talked about in the new york metro area what do you remember about playing the devils teams of your era
1: Well, when I played, they were good. That was with Niedermeyer and Scott Stevens, John McLean, Martin Broder. So they were always good hockey clubs. But you know what it's like in Edmonton for a playoff game, how how crazy it is in the arena. Pittsburgh was the same way. I remember my first playoff game in Pittsburgh sitting in the dressing room 15 minutes before the game, and all the fans were jumping up and down in the stands, and you could hear it in the dressing room. The whole room shook. The thing that really... um, through me was the first time I played a playoff game in New Jersey and it wasn't sold out. And they have, they had some good fans, they had some loud fans, but it wasn't a full crowd for a playoff game for a really good team. So uh, as you said, they're a forgotten franchise. They have a, a really strong core of people that follow it religiously, but that core isn't a big core. It's not, it's not a huge amount. There's not a lineup for tickets. It wasn't when I played there, and I imagine right now they haven't been a relevant team for a few years now, so I imagine it's it's probably even worse then. So to me, it was a very quiet building. There was not a lot of excitement. It wasn't uh, one that you got up to as an opposing player, like going into Chicago, Montreal, Toronto. Uh, those were, were special moments. Going to New Jersey, it was just like, well, when I played in the minors, it was like going to oh, Peoria or going to Fort Wayne really no excitement just another game on your schedule
0: uh well you listed off some of the players that they had when when you played and clearly Needemeyer just a, a, an unreal talent uh Scott Stevens Ken Danico's coming up on the show don't worry I'll make sure you're far away when uh, we get
1: <laughs> I played I, mean, they, I played junior they could... I played junior with Ken Danico he, I played for oh, right. the Canblues junior Oilers he uh, he was sent back to us late in the season so I played with him uh yeah long 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 time ago
0: uh, I mean, but they could. Uh, the Devils had some guys. I mean, and this is the thing: we we shouldn't underestimate the skill they had because one of their Stanley Cup teams, they were the second highest scoring team in the NHL. They they I mean, they could do more than. I mean, you you have to score to win. Ultimately, you can't win a game zero zero. But I mean, they they had some guys that could absolutely punish you. And, and to me, I remember Danico and Stevens leading the way.
1: Well, I I remember one game early in my career playing in New Jersey. And I was, uh, I did what uh, Hyman, Phil Harvey, Ryan Smith did. I stood in front of the net on the power play. And when the puck went to Mario on the offside, I was supposed to slide back about five feet and kind of get a one-timer, cross-ice one-timer, down low, close to the, to the crease. So to create space, I would be tangled up with a defenseman, and then i give him a little cross-check or a little push in the back just to create a little bit of space. I did that once to Scott Stevens, and before the puck got to me, he turned around and speared me in the belly so much that I was spitting blood, and I had to be taken to the hospital and spent the night in the New Jersey hospital. So I learned quickly: there's guys that you could create space with, and I learned that there were guys that you did not. And Scott Stevens was on the not. List. Ken Danico would have been there too. Uh, they they were they were great hockey clubs. They they could they could beat you many different ways. They had the at that time, if not the best goalie in the league, one of them. They had the toughest two-way defenseman in Scott Stevens, the best offensive defenseman in Niedermeyer. And then they had guys up front that could put the puck in the net. So they were they were a, a very good franchise that I don't know if they ever were treated in their home base as well as other franchises are. I mean, you'll have Ken Danico, so he'll be able to tell you. But for an opposing player, it just there wasn't a lot of thrill going into New Jersey.
0: Well, I remember somebody said once that... Uh... The fans at Devils games in the playoffs were all the Rangers fans after the Rangers got knocked out. and then they went over and watched the Devils. I, I don't know if
1: that's an urban legend. There's probably some truth to it. Well, there, there would be if you're a hockey fan and, and your team's out and you're close enough to go. I mean, uh, why not? But that, I think that just shows you there was an availability of tickets uh, for certain New Jersey games, which I always, it befuddled me thinking about how good a franchise, like how good their teams were how there couldn't be a lineup down the street to go in and watch them play.
0: Uh, Rob, quickly before I let you go, obviously we know the value of getting Nurse back. Do you think pooley gets reunited with McDavid and Hyman, or uh, Fogle stays up there?
1: Uh, I I think pooley goes there. He's played well. Uh, To me, there's five automatics in your top six. It's McDavid, Hyman, pooley Leon, and R&H. If there's a sixth player that's, could be under discussion, be Yamamoto. And if you feel that Fogel's done enough to stay in your top six, to me, Yamamoto's the guy that moves down. But I, I do believe Plyarby will move right up into the top uh, top line with Connor McDavid. He's having a nice year. Uh, he gives you an honest effort every night. So, yeah, to me, that's a no-brainer.
0: Rob, thanks for hopping on. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Remember, that game is 11 a.m., not p.m.,
1: a.m. <laughs> yeah, could you, could you send me a text about an hour and a half before just to remind me?
0: Yes, I'll call you constantly until you answer. <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
1: Thanks a lot, Reed. Take care.
0: That's our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown, here on 630Chad. He'll join me tomorrow on the face-off show and overtime open line, and he's uh, filling in for Bob Stoffer, doing some color commentary with Cam Moon. Ken, De- uh, Ken Danico, coming up next. 630Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.